Welcome to the GSI Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Redbeard and Evan, where we give you the digital marketing insights you need to make people think you're the smartest person in the room. All right, everyone, welcome back to the GS on Marketing Podcast. I'm Evan, and this lovely guy next to me is Redbeard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going today, Redbeard? Awesome, man. Yeah, what's new? It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. We've been pretty frequently putting out these podcasts on Tuesday. Trying, trying to stick to a schedule, right? Yeah, next week might not make it. Going to be in Seattle checking out Amazon. Oh, yes. Yeah, looking forward to that trip. Have you been out to Seattle before? I've never been. Never, never been. Never been to Seattle. Wow, this will be your first time. We're going to document that, right? So recording. I heard it's lovely this time of year. <laughs> yeah, heard there's a lot of rain. <laughs> Actually, it might rain. Yeah, we'll did see. you did you check the weather? You're, you're, you check the weather forecast do. a lot, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing a poncho. Have you, oh, so, you did, so did you check the weather? <laughs> forecast that? I already did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took, you know, weather a lot of times it's less accurate the further out you are. So do you always check it like every day, see if it's changed, see what those percentages are? No, you know what I'll do is uh, almost every morning I'll like ask my uh, Alexa, right? Yeah. I'll be like, hey, Alexa, like what's the... What's the weather today, right? What's the, what's the weather right now? What's it going to be? How hot is it going to be today? Like, whatever. So, like, it's pretty spot on. So, I, like, ask that pretty much every day. Um, and I'll check my, my watch, too. Yeah. Right? To see what the kind of the weather is. But if I'm going somewhere, if I'm traveling somewhere, like, I want I want that kind of, like, 10-day forecast. Do you really? No, I don't do yeah. that. I'm the exact opposite. I don't check the weather Ever when I'm at my house, right, or, like, local, I should say, I don't really pay attention to it at all when I'm traveling. I just let it all happen, you know, figure it out as I go. Yeah, I kind of like to plan ahead, like, you know, what clothes do I want to bring, like, maybe, like, that day, what shoes do I want to wear, do I need a jacket? You You got different shoes for different types of weather? Yeah, because, like, I got, actually, because I got, I made this mistake one time. I went to a golf outing, and I was wearing shoes that, like, had like you know those little like holes in the bottom for air and stuff, and Crocs. Nah. Were you wearing Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe. I saw one of maybe. the interns when we were moving into the other office. One of the interns was wearing sandal Crocs. Oh yeah, yeah. So they were like sandals, but still had the Croc aspect of it all. I didn't really still made those shoes. I think they even make like uh, I saw online like high heel uh, Crocs. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a classy. That's a classy look. Yeah, when you, you know when you want to go out on a town. Yeah, but you still want your feet to like not get wet in case you you know jump into a river or, <laughs> or whatever the case. Like I'm not sure. Like how did Crocs even become a thing? Was I'm, it for boating? I think it was boating. They're so comfortable sailing. Yeah, crocodiles. I'm, I've never worn Crocs, so I'll just have to take your, you know, your uh, what what you call it for the recommendation for them being <laughs> comfortable or not. I think that was the deal. Like, do you own Crocs? Have you owned? Crocs? I don't. I've never had a pair of Crocs, but I have been to a Crocs store, like in a mall. Oh, in that outlet mall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Did you just browse? Just walk through. Mm. You know, not really my style. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't buy any Crocs on Amazon Prime Day then? No, but. Uh, you know, I mean, well, we talked about the watch band, you know. Yeah. But I found some other stuff. So, like, you know, a lot of people told me, like, they didn't even bother 
with Prime Day because it was down the first day? Well, I mean, a lot of the, you know, all the numbers that are coming back from Amazon show that it was the most successful day, all right, Prime Day, but they built it up a lot more than the other years. But you got to wonder, you know, how big could it have been if it wasn't down? Because there's some reports saying it was only down for a little bit, but I was checking it all night. And it was still down. Every single time that I went and checked it on that first day, it was down. Yeah, I just kept hitting refresh just to see the different dog photos. Uh, oh, yeah, photos. There, there was quite a few different dogs. Do you remember their names? I don't. You don't? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be keeping track of all that data. I didn't, I didn't take <laughs> screenshots or anything. Yeah, so that was pretty big. I mean, I know that there were some brands, you know, that had their lightning deals going on when that was actually down. So, of course, those weren't doing that well. Pretty disappointing, but the numbers overall are up, yeah, yeah compared dude, like, to last year. I was pretty much all over those, um, the Amazon basics, um, yeah, like the lightning cables, right? They came out with red ones, you like got that the, 10 footer, right? The braided cables, yeah. Well, I ended up getting two, like I got a three foot and a 10 foot, nice. Um, they're pretty awesome, by the way, but th- that was one of the good deals. And then I had, like, some other stuff that – it wasn't actually, like, a Prime Day deal, I don't feel like, but I had stuff on a wish list that I've been, I had been watching. Yeah. And ended up – a couple of those items ended up being on sale. Oh, nice. That day, yeah. so I ended up getting those, too. So. so it was still a Prime Day deal. It just wasn't, like, the lightning deal. Yeah, it wasn't, like, the, the featured feature. lightning deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a big part of that is, you know, they're really just trying to push it so that even though it's this lull of the summer, right, anybody selling a product knows you've got this lull in the summer that just sales historically are down. This is their idea of pushing it, really trying to generate those sales to, you know, help you get by until, you know, fourth quarter, which right here is about to hit. And now we're going to start hitting into those holiday seasons, which really start seeing those sales bump up. So you can take, you know, what you learned from Prime Day and take that knowledge. How did that work for your deals? Was it successful? Of course, take into consideration the idea that if you ran a lightning deal during the outage, there's probably going to be a lot of people that never saw it. So you got to kind of have some tempered expectations for that. But you, know, you can take all that information and really use that to help roll it into to some of the other holiday seasons. Right? You've got Cyber Monday that's coming up, Black Friday, of course, one that you can't ignore, and then just how the idea that the entire you know market is a lot bigger because there's so many people making more purchases towards that time of year. You know, the holiday season, gifts and whatnot. Yeah, and don't forget, like, yeah, Black Friday and all that, but, like, just, you know, a Thursday. I like to just randomly <laughs> buy stuff on a Thursday. Just fill up that cart. <laughs> yeah, and the last-minute shoppers, of course, too, really leading up to it, which is something that, you know, is exciting. I know we've got a lot of big fourth-quarter pushes coming for a lot of the brands that we help run their Amazon marketing campaigns, you know, whether it's on AMS or just, you know, getting that product ready to keep ranking high organically. You know, that's one thing that yeah, we talk a lot about AMS, you know, the advertising portion of it. And, you know, one thing that we should talk about more is taking that product listing page and optimizing it for the A9 algorithm, right? Because so many people are using Amazon as their search engine for products. They're not going to Google to look for a product. They're just going right to Amazon, typing it in, and then looking through the results right there. 
So Amazon has, you know, their own algorithm, just like Google has their own algorithm for how they're going to display that product, why one product might rank higher than another one. And it's based on, yeah, it's, it's based on a good amount of factors, but it's nowhere near, you know, the over 200 that Google has. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just on that page description, for example, like a lot of people just don't even fill that out, really. Oh, the product description? Yeah, like yeah. you're missing like a lot of opportunity there if you don't. Right, if you, you look, fill that out. Well, that's totally right. I mean, you're missing opportunities if you're, you know, just doing anything as quick as possible. In fact, that's one thing that you can really take a look at for, like, if you're trying to optimize around a particular product, right? If you're looking at a different market and you're looking to add something on there, is you can look at the listing quality that other products have, and you can judge how competitive it's going to be to rank there. So you do your keyword research, of course. That's one thing that I don't think people spend enough time on, at least in my personal experience for it is really understanding the keyword research aspect and maybe that's because we do a lot you know with google you know search engine optimization try to get those pages set up uh properly and ranking high and a you know critical component of that is is keyword research right understanding the competition around those keywords what's ranking that's the same thing with with Amazon, right? You want to understand what are people searching for for that product? What are the different, you know, variances that they might be typing in? You want to go after the short tail, right, which is the shorter keywords and the long tail, right? All of those need to be considered. And you don't have as great of data that you do for Google when you're looking at it, but you do still have a lot of great information that you can go and, you know, prioritize what keywords you want to target. Yeah, I mean, don't just uh, think of it as, like, the terms that you would search for. Yeah. Or sometimes people make a big mistake about that. Like, they just use the, the terms that, like, they call something. Right. Or just stick with, like, their brand terms. Like, those are good terms, too, right? You want those in. But um, I always like to look for, like, what are other people actually searching for, search volumes, things like that. Um yeah, you'd be surprised a lot of times because, I mean, even when you're in the industry and you've been in the industry for years and you think you've got a great handle on the market, it's surprising how often terms are used that you're just not aware of or that you don't really think about for going after, right? And that could be because in your industry, your particular market, you always reference it as one thing, but yeah, the outside market sure. might call it something different, and that's something you don't want to ignore. That's a target that you want to go after. So in keyword research helps you identify that. So like one of the most popular uh, ways to do keyword research is to take a look at the products that you want to that you're competing against, right? And see what terms they're using, right? See what they have listed for it. Also going into Amazon and starting to use that, you know, suggested search where you type in the product and see what comes afterwards, right? All of those things you can actually go and grab and get that list of keywords for it. Yeah, those are top suggestions. Right. right? And there's top yeah. suggestions for a reason. It's based on what people are actually searching for inside of Amazon. So you want to make sure that you ha have those uh, keywords listed on there, that you know what they are. But then also, you know, using tools that are, you know, outside of Amazon, right? But you can use like Google Correlate, for example. That's going to give you what people search for, you know, before they actually search for that particular keyword from the Google perspective. But you can still, you know, use that knowledge. Same thing with some other uh, Google keyword research tools. You know, you have Uber Suggest from Neil Patel, which is a free tool that you can go in. Yeah, that's that, a great one. That'll give you a huge list of keywords that you can start to use and and. Understand 
understand, you know, what are people searching for, what are available, because it ties in, you know, to the Google AdWords planner, right? Google keyword planner, I should say, from AdWords or Google Ads. You know, they can just call it Google Ads now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they switch that out. I mean, so I'm probably going to be, you know, calling that wrong for a little bit, just like you still sometimes call it Webmaster Tools. Hey, Webmaster <laughs> Tools still shows up in the search results, it in, does. The, in the description and title. So. But, you know, so just like the whole point of the keyword research is to not just use one tool. I know there's a lot of Amazon uh, keyword research tools out there now, and some of them are better than others. Uh, some of them are really good. But I still think that you need to use some off Amazon and tie into other things to do a little bit of a manual process still. Because otherwise, you're you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket right now. And the data isn't quite there for all of the tools for at least me personally to feel totally comfortable with doing that yet. Yeah, and you can also just uh, you know see the predictive uh, just by typing into Google and yeah. see some related terms there. But then also once you do a search... Um, right in the search results now, it just says people also search for, you know. Yeah. And it, it'll you get some general phrases in there, too. And you need to be careful helpful. when you're doing that with Google because you know, Amazon's a different platform. Yeah. People use it differently. They search for things differently. But a lot of times it's just about getting that insight, understanding as much as you can because that keyword research is, you know, the foundation that you're going to build a lot of your other you know marketing efforts on especially when you're optimizing it for the a9 algorithm it's like text match relevancy that's a big component right you want to make sure you're getting indexed for those keywords so once you identified you know the ones that you want to target you got to make sure that first one is in that product title that is the most important place to put a keyword and you see a lot of people not even putting a keyword at all in the product title, just their brand name and what the actual product is instead of having that that keyword that you're focusing on. But the trick to that is you've got to make sure it's still a title that somebody wants to click on because that's the other aspect of it. People that click on that, the more people that click on your product that search for a particular phrase, the more likelihood that that's going to continue to rank high or even start ranking higher because click the rate on that product search results is a big indicator to Amazon. Yeah, you don't want to just keyword stuff that title. No, that looks awful when people do that. You got to write for the user first. Plus, you've also got to write so that you're taking into consideration mobile too because you're not going to see the entire title when you're on mobile and get those three dots kind of showing it's breaking off it's usually at about 60 characters so you almost have to write two titles right the first part that's going to have the mobile title so that if it does break off at 60 characters because somebody's looking at a mo- uh, on their actual on the app itself then it's still a complete title enough that somebody's going to want to click on that to go into your product listing but then also making sure that you've got the entire title filled out so it's more complete for people that are actually searching on the desktop. Yeah, and a real simple way to do that is when you're typing out those titles, just open up like a text editor program yeah. and it'll show you that word count as you're typing. Yeah, that's a great suggestion because otherwise, you know, you're making a lot of assumptions trying to figure out what it should be. Uh, another thing too, besides just the title on there to get that high click-through rate to, to help optimize your page is the product photography. You, know, you really got to make sure that's a great photo that you have for the first one. You're supposed to have it on a white background as part of their compliance, but then making sure all the other images are on there, make sure that's a high quality. That can help lead to a high click-through rate too. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how many times uh, 
I've seen, I've noticed where they'll use uh, people use a really poor quality image. Yeah, and you can totally tell one, depending on once you start getting on different devices and stuff, images will start to look blurry. But even like when you're uploading an image, um, I don't know. A lot of people don't uh, realize that you can actually it'll prompt you to put um, keyword terms in there too, mm-hmm. um, right as you're uploading that image. Yeah, and that's important because a lot of it's just the ADA compliance aspect from Amazon. You want to make sure people using an e-reader, maybe they're visually impaired and they're on the internet to use e-readers. That's what they'll actually read because they can't understand what the image is, just like Google can't understand what that image is. So you put that alt tag in there. It's the same. It's the same concept. E-readers read those so that they know actually what it's going to be, and then. So you start adding, you know, you've got that all taken care of. Next step is you really got to make sure that you're using the additional keywords in those bullet points. So many people just list out features in those feature bullet points, and that's a great thing to to have on there, but you need to have keywords in there. These are selling aspects, right? Why is somebody going to buy this product versus something else? What questions are they going to have? What differentiates your product from somebody else's? Once you can tie those in, to those featured bullet points with using keywords, you can not only capitalize on the on the fact that those bullet points are, are one of the top text matches, right, right underneath titles actually, but also the idea that readers read them, right, or, or potential shoppers, they're reading those bullet points. So you want to make sure that that's great information for them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times too, like I know just when I'm searching – for products like I'm looking at the description, I might be looking for some some key features, yeah. right, about the product that I want to know about. Like that before I buy, it, like oh, does it have this or you know, you know, is it this? Does it have this specification? Yeah. And a lot of times it's not in there. Right. And then that's when I start going to like the um, like the Q and A to see yeah. if anyone else asked it or maybe I'll ask a question. Well, that's a great point too. So if you're running a product on there and you're getting a lot of Q&A, people are asking questions and that product, and they're recurring, right? Are you taking a look at the reviews? That could be good data to know what you should add to those product features or maybe the product description if you've already got your features pretty flushed out because the product description is another one. You want to make sure that you do have some keywords mentioned there, but you're telling a story with that product description. It's not just a huge block of text that rambles on. Anything that you can do, just like using good copywriting skills, you know, the whole idea of copywriting, have them read the first sentence then have that first sentence, get them to read the second sentence, second sentence gets them to read the third and so on and so on. That's what good copywriting is. So use that same methodology to your product description. More people will read it, more people will end up buying your product. Yeah. And even like even look at some of the some of your reviews, like maybe even some of your like negative reviews like that uh, people are are typing in their comments about the product or i don't know it didn't have this or it wasn't compatible with that yeah. then you can take some of that knowledge and then like add that into your descriptions oh that's huge that's great advice because reviews are critical when it comes to optimizing for amazon getting a lot of sales usually requires a lot of reviews that's what helps your bestseller rank helps you improve your ranking over somebody else having more reviews that are positive reviews it's sometimes just about setting those expectations properly, making sure people know what they're getting so that there isn't anything you know, false that they're misleading, right? And it's not that you're doing it intentionally, but people just make assumptions. People make assumptions and they get the product. And if it didn't you know, have exactly what they expected, they're going to leave a negative review more often than not. So you can help get in front of that just by making sure that you know, there is no false assumptions being made. 
Yeah, I mean, I always like to see, like, oh, is this product compatible with, like, say, a MacBook version that I have right. or, or um, my phone, right? Mm. Different models of the phone. And, like, a lot of people don't put those details in there. Um, so you really got to, you know, just rely on other people taking a chance at buying it <laughs> and putting it in a review. Yeah, and that's never good. So you've got your text match or LMC pretty covered. You did your keyword research. You've got to listen for the titles, the bullet points, the product description, anything that didn't fit there. Make sure you put it in the back end terms. That's something awesome that Amazon has. Google used to pay attention to, to keywords that you would list on the page haven't for quite some time. Amazon still does. Secret keywords. The secret keywords. <laughs> the keywords that nobody sees except you, you know, most likely. And, you know, what's great about that is, you know, it's got a 250-character limit. It'll let you put in more, but they only factor in 250 characters. But you can start to put in the words that didn't fit anywhere else on that product listing. But you still want to make sure that you're indexed, hopefully, for those keywords. So you put them in there and have them show. The extras. The extras. <laughs> extras, but still still very important you know another thing that we didn't talk about that we should is you know so if you're a vendor for amazon you get the a plus content uh otherwise if you're just a brand use a ebc right the enhanced brand content for it once you become a registered brand on amazon so that's what lets you put in those additional product descriptions or the images the comparison charts you can actually lay out those pages on there inside the product listing they're like like little like landing pages and i like you can add those videos yeah right there that really stand out those well, are nice well what they do is they help answer more objections anytime somebody's evaluating whether or not they're going to buy your product inside their head you know you have to overcome the objections just like when you're building out a web page you have you know potential objections people are going to have to take the next step great marketers can anticipate those get in front of them and help answer those questions as it comes up you know for the shopper so on amazon you're doing that with the product detail page and you're using the a plus or ebc to actually go through there and help answer more of those objections so if they're going to be comparing it to another product put the comparison chart in there show the details for why it's better if they're going to have questions about like if you have a supplement is it made in the usa well, you know what's where does it come from you know all of those things are what everybody is going to consider as they're shopping so you help answer those questions and you can do it in a visually appealing way which also helps with the conversion because you can show the lifestyle images people actually using them what that's like they can help picture themselves using that product that helps with conversion quite a bit and anytime it helps with the conversion rate on your page meaning the more people that go to that page, the more people that buy it, that's going to be a strong indicator to Amazon. And also, even though the, that content, at least from what I can tell, and granted, things are always changing, but that doesn't seem to help with the text match relevancy, meaning if I'm typing it in and that keyword for example, is listed in the A-plus content, but not in my title or bullet point. I'm most likely not ranking for it. That doesn't seem to be factored in there. But one big search engine that does still read that is Google. So I've seen a lot of pages show up when somebody's searching for the product on Google. The Amazon product listing page will actually, or product detail page will actually show up because they have so much great content already on that Amazon page. Yeah, that's nice. And, uh, you know, it just helps you, like, um, you know, build trust. 
yeah. and uh, tell that story, mm-hmm. right, a little better and, like, legitimize your brand even more. Yeah, and also as part of that, too, is it helps protect your messaging. So when you're a registered brand on Amazon and you're using that content, then you can make sure that all the third-party sellers are, you know, not putting misinformation out there and that's a big problem that i run into a lot of uh, manufacturers that are dealing with where a third-party seller will list the product on there and just type out really whatever they want if you don't if you're not a registered brand on amazon they don't you know you're not controlling that listing this messaging this allows you to control what is being said so you can make sure kind of kind of going back to the reviews a little bit that it's you know you're setting that right expectations because you're giving them the right information about what that product is, what it does, and, and what it doesn't do. So, I think those are you know pretty big important things that if you're selling on Amazon, you need to be aware of it. All things being equal, though, what's really gonna make your product rank higher than another one is sales and using you know Amazon marketing services or if you're running a seller central account any sponsored product you know the PPC inside a seller central that can be a big part of getting more sales especially to a new product but just improving that sales velocity spending a lot of money right or strategically spending money on those ads that's going to drive up the sales because that's what amazon wants amazon wants a product that's going to sell when they show it to somebody yeah and i think um a lot of people might be uh you know get that impression that oh we have uh, invested a ton of money into advertising on the platform but no it's just it's not uh it's just setting that budget right mm-hmm. and then spending that the right way well, and it you know if you're if you're doing it the right way, why not spend the money? There's not another platform out there that has the amount of people that are making a buying decision at that point that you can get in front of when they're evaluating those products. And I love the other advertising platforms. You know, AdWords I'm always a fan of even though it's getting, you know, more expensive as there's more competition. Facebook advertising is still a great media tool that you can get in front of basically anybody that you want because the majority of the population is on Facebook. And, and it, but the the issue is that those are great awareness campaigns and you can still drive a lot of sales. But Amazon is the only one where people are on Amazon to make a purchase, right? They're, they're at the very least, they're evaluating other products. So it's an advertising platform that if you're looking for pure ROI, right, that you can track very easily, that's one that you, and if you're selling on Amazon, you should be doing that. You can protect your brand by going after your branded terms. You can go after competitors. You can go after people just generally typing in, you know, products that your solution or, or looking for uh, a solution to you know what your product can solve that's what you need to be going after because you can see click to sale easier than any other platform through amazon and you can put in those like negative terms too so that you're not wasting yeah that and that's spend. just it i mean it has a lot of that where you can fine tune it so even though you're spending a good amount you know, if you're, if you're trying to ramp it up, you can be strategic. You can put in the negative keywords so it's not showing if if they're being shown. You can identify what keywords you're performing well for, start to increase the spend on those if necessary to, to get it even more. And it's just being smart with it. And we do that a lot, right? We're always looking through campaigns and the keywords that are being used and making sure that we're not wasting a lot of money just by spending it to go after anybody that's typing in something somewhat relevant. You know, it's being strategic, finding the the ones that are actually going to result in sales and, and doubling down on them. Yeah, I think once people kind of start 
advertising on the platform and start seeing the return and stuff on it, then they'll just generally start increasing those budgets. Oh, yeah. It becomes hard to ignore. Yeah. I mean, you can when you can see if I spend $1 in advertising and I make $10, well, at that point, you're buying money on a discount. I'm spending a dollar to get $10 as long as my you know profit margins and things like that, which would be a different topic of conversation. As long as that all lines up, you'd be foolish not to keep going after it because it's just bringing in more money for you. For sure. All right. Well, I think that was good. I think that was a great intro to Amazon. You know, if people want to learn more about Amazon marketing and A9 optimization, where can they go, Redbeard? Oh, hit up Genevasupply.com. Oh, that is a good resource for that information, isn't it's, it? That's where we're at. That is where we're at. We got those marketing tips for you out there, too. Yeah, Check you Check out our videos. I mean, our faces are blurred. Well, I mean, other people's faces are blurred well, out. Yeah. yeah, and some beards they're, are blurred out, too. They're classified. Classified marketing <laughs> tips. They're on YouTube and on the website. All right. Well, and if you like what you are listening to, or if you don't, I leave a review, subscribe. We're coming out with these on a regular basis. You don't want to miss it. If you do have any suggestions for topics or guests, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, don't forget to smash that like button. I don't even know if that's a thing on podcasts, but I just want to say smash that like button. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good action-oriented way to tell them how to do it. Smash <laughs> it. You know, instead of just pressing you know, gently, you know, gently press the like button. You know, just smash it. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> right right click on it, save as image. I don't know. But otherwise, just shoot us an email, redbeard at genevasupply.com. That's redbeard at genevasupply.com. Love to hear your input. It's the best email in the world. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a good thing you grew the beard just to have the email. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till next time. Thank you for listening to the GS on Marketing Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at GS on Marketing. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and wherever podcasts are sold.